Hey, people of the sea. How's everybody doing out there? Where you guys been? Now, just kidding. That one was on me. Sorry, we're a couple of days late here. In fact, five to be exact, four or five, something like that. I had a opportunity to head up north and uh, visit the homeland, and I did so. Took advantage of that and had a couple of days in New York, held up with the family, caught up with some friends, got into a little trouble, enjoyed ourselves. Uh, but, you know, when these opportunities present themselves, they're kind of few and far between. So I saw, like I said, I had a little bit of a window, and, uh, you know, I do apologize. I know one thing that's really, really important when you're doing these things is to be as consistent as possible. And I did intend, I brought the gear, brought the microphone, everything up there. I was like, you know what, I'll do it on the train. Uh, long story short, I wasn't able to get to a show. You know, there's a lot of little, not a lot, a little bit of prep that goes into this stuff too. So between getting the prep time in and be, be uh, being able to find a place in an area where I could sit down and get you guys a good quality podcast like you people deserve, I wasn't able to do that, but now, here we are, we're back, and uh, we've got a good show, chock full of information, we got a lot of emails, thank you guys for that, we also have some uh, cruise news, and we have the topic for the week, which is how to save money when you're on shore, let's get this show started, kick that mule. Listening to the Always Be Booked Caribbean Cruise and Orlando Vacation Cruise Cast with your host, Tommy Casabona. All aboard and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Always Be Booked Cruise Cast show coming to you not quite live from Orlando, Florida. I want to thank you so much for taking the time to find, download, and listen to the show as we cover anything and everything relating to cruising as we mentioned a couple days late here let's not dwell on the negative stuff guys come on let's get back in the game here we got a great show we got a stock full of information we got you know cruise news i do appreciate you guys stepped it up with the emails keep them coming top of the show as usual got to annoy you guys with uh badgering you to follow me on instagram how are you not following me on instagram yet if you're listening to this show come on let's get it together guys always be booked on instagram as well as facebook same thing youtube always be booked and the all new always be booked twitter account so check that out uh emails like i said Please keep them concise if possible, as well as proofread because I'm a moron and it's a little difficult for me sometimes to be able to, uh, you know, maybe I should be a little bit better about that, but I'm not. So let's just maybe keep them proofread. And while I do appreciate the accolades, let's have them kind of have either a question or a comment or a correction, something that I could kind of read on air and not just make it seem like I'm reading it just because you say how much you love the show and I'm stroking my own ego as much as that is good for me. I do appreciate it. It really does. It really does keep me going. Knowing that you guys are out there listening is is important to me, so I do appreciate that. Uh, all right, so I wanted to get into, get into the show right away. I don't necessarily want to badger you. I did go to New York, and we did have a good time. I mean, one thing I will say is I, it was crazy because I, <laughs> I mean, I may not be a New Yorker anymore. I get off, I get off that train and come out of that uh, train station, and people are walking fast, and I'm, I'm, I'm like, you know, I'm Orlando fired already because. I had to, it took me about five hours to be like, oh, yeah, that's right. We don't say hi to each other in the street. We don't we don't get out of each other's way and, and say, excuse me. Uh, I forgot all about that, man. I am, like, soft. I've been down here a little bit more than a year now, and it's crazy. Because, you know, after about six hours, you start getting into it. You know, you, you get a little... <laughs> 
these New Yorkers, they blow by you, but then, you know, it takes a couple hours, you're back in the mix, you're cutting people off, you know, cursing the people and this and that. I did uh, see a bunch of friends. I went to a comedy club, posted a picture of it on the inst- on the Instagram page, and uh, one of my friends is dating a producer from another podcast called, it's actually called Legion of Skanks. Uh, it's a very offensive name, and I do apologize for that, but that does happen to be a very popular podcast and uh, it's got a couple of very well-known comedians in it, and they kind of do a little, I guess, collaborative effort. It's called Roast Battle, up-and-coming comedians at The Stand in New York City. Every Tuesday night, they get together, and uh, they just have contests just, like, cracking on each other. And it's a little bit insider because there's, like, personal jokes that they say because they all know each other. The stand-up comedy community and especially the, uh, I guess, the, not amateur, but, like, the up-and-coming stand-up comedian community, they all know each other. But it doesn't matter that you don't even know what the jokes are. God bless these people. They absolutely annihilate each other. There's no holds barred. And I have no idea. I don't know if I could ever do that. Just, like have the lack of sensitivity to let people I mean it got personal this one girl she had a uh, I mean uh, let's just I mean it was we don't have to get into some of this stuff because some of you just want to hear the cruise talk and some of you maybe a little again if you're listening to this show ideally you're not so easily offended because I've never been an overly PC guy but if you're in New York City on Tuesday night you want to see what like the real deal like 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 down and dirty entry level stand up comedians and and just like these kids are just up and coming and they're doing their best and they're trying to get by. It's really inspirational to watch, but man, it, uh, <laughs> you couldn't do this. So you couldn't do those on cruise ships, but all right, let's, so let's get right into it right now. The cruise news. Let's start with Norwegian cruise lines. The Norwegian joy, ladies and gentlemen, has arrived to its home port in Shanghai, China. The Norwegian joy, obviously was a very, very highly anticipated ship. It is the newest and biggest ship uh, for uh, Norwegian, and it is in the, what is it, the Breakaway Plus class. The Norwegian Joy was said to have been designed for the modern Chinese family. Did you hear that? We said modern Chinese family. If you do happen to be a traditional Chinese family, I'm sure they will take your money. But uh, just know, it was not built for you. It was built for the modern Chinese family, which is weird. I don't get it. How do you just... It's just like sometimes you have to just use filler words in your marketing and we just say it's built for the modern Chinese family. When the cruise industry is – I don't know how many percent – what the percentages of people that are over 60 that like to cruise. Listen, you know I don't fall into that category and I'm not necessarily a – old school cruiser and this and that and i don't fit into a lot of the terrorist stereotypes of cruising but why would you just say modern chinese family why don't you just say it's for everybody come up with something you don't always have to grasp that buzzword or whatever it is but i don't know so uh the official christening will be set for june 28th and its inaugural sailing will be kicked off by wang li home the chinese king of pop that is right wang li home and i think if i'm not mistaken we have a little bit of uh, music, uh, if you want to. If you're not familiar with Wang Lee Home, here's a here's a cut from one of his popular songs. You're feeling like 
hold on, hold on, hold on. No, 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 no. That's actually not right. That's actually Wang Chung. That is not Wang Lahome. Let's uh, let let's play a little bit of uh, Mr. Lahome, his real music. So there you go, guys. A little bit of uh, culture, a little bit of culture to the show. We don't just uh, give you cruise news. We hit you with some actual, real-life Chinese pop music from uh, Mr. Wang Lehome. Sorry about that mix-up with the Wang Chung. I, I do apologize, but it's a good song, right? It's a real toe tapper. I appreciate it. But he is going to kick off the inaugural. All right, moving on. In my opinion, the the four sexiest letters. In cruising, to me, are U, S, V, and I. I love the U.S. Virgin Islands. Uh, to me, is as good as it gets you know, when it comes to cruising, and it, apparently they're not resting on their laurels. St. Thomas created a task force. That's, I mean, that's crazy, right? A task force with the intent of reimagining what cruising into the port should be like. In a statement, Governor Kenneth E. Mapp said, Quote, we are competing in a changing, dynamic environment and are in need of a complete shakeup of our business models. We need to develop not only what people want today, but also anticipate their future needs. The key is to respond to visitors even before they realize what they need. That's what this task force is all about. Wow, that's pretty ambitious. And that's a, I mean, I don't know. They actually, to me, it seems like they feel like they're in emergency situations. Uh, I go to the U.S. Virgin Islands. I get off the ship and I think everything is perfect. I don't know about you guys. I am in love with the product and what they bring to the table. And uh I guess they are not taking the if it ain't broke approach. One thing I think, imagining the future, one thing I do like about what he said is imagining the future and future business trends is is really important. It's something that solid leaders and CEOs just do as a practice. You can have this great idea. I get it. You know, you have the great idea in the world. But if you don't see what's around the corner and what's coming next, you're probably going to end up dead in the water. So this is a good approach for them to take. I mean, you could ask MySpace. You could ask Blockbuster. They, I mean, one time they were sitting on top of the world almost in an arrogant state of mind. But, I mean, great CEOs will tell you that when they become successful, what they try to do every day is put themselves out of business with a new and better idea. I mean, why? A, because that's just what you should always be looking forward. But if you're going to go out of business, it's definitely better to put yourself out of business than having someone else do it. Anyway, it seems to mostly be about harbor transportation service. That seems to be the brunt of what they're trying to do here. Uh, will allow people who cruise in to be able to more easily go from island to island. Apparently, it's gotten pretty competitive as to which company will get the contract to provide this service. I think they assumed that it was going to be done already, and they were a little, they're a little behind schedule only because there's so many people have thrown their hat in the ring to be able to provide the service. Another function of the task force is going to be to try to dredge the Charlotte Amalie dock so that it can accommodate the mega ships. I have to admit that uh, 
Well, it wasn't a huge deal, but having to taxi over from that other port was slightly annoying. It definitely did set us back, I told you. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. We were late, and we were trying to get that cab to do the mountaintop tours. Yeah, we were late, uh, and it was rainy, and it was towards the end, the second half of the day in St. Thomas, but, you know, partially our fault or mainly our fault, but a little bit was the fact that we had to find a taxi and, uh, you know, taxi over to to Charlotte Amalie or the Haven site, wherever, that area uh, where I just am more comfortable and, you know, we have the Senior Frogs and the friends we have at Senior Frogs and this and that. But hopefully, yeah, so hopefully they will be able to dredge that port a little bit more and not necessarily have to divert those people into, uh, you know, the the what is it the crown 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 port something like i think it's got the word crown in it moving on get your scarfs gloves and hats ready because the canada new england region is planning on hosting sailings all year round now is it me you tell me i'm not sure no offense but doesn't this sound like an absolutely terrible idea i don't know <laughs> a little negative on this uh, the wee little layoff made me negative i'm not really being negative but you guys know i'm just throwing little shots a lot of it's tongue-in-cheek a lot of it's fun but a lot of it's a little bit just not like you know glossing over the uh cruise industry as if it can do no wrong we examine things here we keep it real as the kids say it's january you're in your office you're in chicago you're in pittsburgh and you want to sneak in a midwinter cruise because you got a few days off you can fly down to Miami, hit the Caribbean, get a tan in January, or you can get even colder and shoot up to Canada. What would what? I don't know why they're doing it. What could possibly be the slogan for this campaign, like to put in the ads? What are you going to write on the poster? Cruise to Canada. We got all the sub-zero climate of Alaska without the breathtaking scenery. I have no idea. All right, here's a quote. Because we have four distinct seasons, there are four distinct opportunities to showcase our region and create authentic local experiences that are different at different times of the year, he noted. Uh, consumer demand will help fill ships. Uh, this is Michael Vanderbeek. No relation to uh, who's the Vanderbeek that we know? There's a Vanderbeek out there, right? Tommy, shut up and do the podcast. The Deputy Port Director of Flynn Cruise Port in Boston. So he is the directory, direct, directory, director, the Deputy Director of the Cruise Port in Boston, Michael Vanderbeek. James, James Vanderbeek, right? I knew it. My bad. Now, there is a lot more to the story. I think I can go into details about the how, the when, the where, the why. But the truth is you kind of lost me at Canada, New England year-round sailings. We will move on from there. Have you guys heard of the Celebrity Edge? We talked about it a little bit on this show. It's a state-of-the-art technological and pretty much an architectural wonder of a cruise ship. Uh, It's set to debut at the end of 2018. We briefly featured it on a few episodes, like I said. But... What I didn't know about was the Celebrity Edge Mobile Cinema. I think this is an absolutely genius way to market, I mean, a cruise ship, but pretty much anything. What Celebrity did was they tricked out a modern sort of a shipping container that traveled 10,000 miles. It made 48 stops and reached over 10,000 people in literally just 12 weeks. When the mobile cinema was in your area... What you would do is hop in and you would be treated with an amazing HD sizzle video of all the things you can experience while you're on board the edge. Uh, Some of the places this thing is stopped at is Miami. It went to Fort Lauderdale, Jersey, New York, Massachusetts. So it didn't really go too much out on a limb. It didn't really go to Idaho and uh, New Mexico. It went to pretty much the mass market cruise areas. 
did go to a few other places, but again, I think this is just an incredible way to market your brand because how many times do you see an ad or hear ad copy about something as cool as those Royal Caribbean commercials are that you see uh, promoting the Anthem class? It doesn't necessarily really put you in, in, in the mode of being on the cruise. You're like – a lot of times you're just like, what the hell is it? This is a great way to sit you down. This thing gets your full attention, and then it hits all of your senses from every direction what your actual cruise experience will be. The video lasts about 15 minutes. It's in 3D, and you get beverages and you know truffle popcorn, <laughs> all that stuff while you watch. The campaign is coming to an end now, but it's said to have been a rousing success. It will be interesting to see if other cruise lines follow suit. I mean, just picture it. You're trying to get the most well, – if you're just a marketing company, you want to have people – the best way you could possibly get people in and to buy in on your product is to give them as close to the full experience as possible. Now you're sitting in this container, you're comfortable, you got your truffle popcorn, you got a drink, and they are in all directions, 3D, giving you a full tour of what it would be like. I mean, I'm probably, and they, I, if they're smart, as you get off the truck, you're probably getting hit in the face with a great deal on sailing, and they probably book you right there, and they close it right away. And then what happens? You go on, you take a bunch of pictures, you tell your friends how much a good time you had, and then the ball is rolling from there. So I think it's a genius way to market, and I think uh, a lot of people should – again, we talk about how many times other cruise lines copy other cruise lines. If they don't copy this, I think that's a mistake. All right, let's move it along. Big congratulations to Scott Betcher, Beecher, what are we going to go with here? we got to make a decision on this. Is it Betcher or Beecher or Becker? We're going to go. We're going to commit to Betcher. That's what I'm going with. I don't know that that's how you pronounce it, but B-E-C-H-E-R. We're going to go Betcher. If it was Beecher, it would be two E's, right? All right. I'm doing it again. Sorry. Carnival has announced that it hired a new vice president of partnership and loyalty. This is a very important position in the organization. Uh... This is the guy that's in charge of who the cruise line teams up with to bring you all those new innovations at sea, an elevated level of food quality in terms of maybe partnering up with some land-based options like the Guy Fieri. Uh, in addition, he will also run the show from a loyalty and repeat guest standpoint. He's the guy that will call the shots in keeping the loyal Carnival cruisers coming back to Carnival year after year. Scott, how you doing? What's up, buddy? My name's Tommy. If you're listening... I don't know. I got a ways to go before that platinum, I think, right? Been gold for a while. That's the biggest, biggest gap, going from gold to platinum. I don't think I'm too far, but uh, I don't know. Maybe four sailings, four more sailings. Help me out, Scott. I think you're a great guy. <laughs> Congratulations, like I said. Interestingly, uh, Betcher's background has been primarily sports-related. Uh, he was a producer with NFL Films. He was chief of marketing at uh, sports talk radio station 790 The Ticket on Sirius. And uh, he then led his own marketing agency for, sport, for a sports company in Boca Raton, Florida. Will this mean Carnival Cruise Lines will get more sports-friendly? That sounds great to me. Uh, as we found out last week... Uh, that it wouldn't be good news to everyone. A lot of not everybody's a sports fan. We get that, but all right, we got another quote. Carnival is one of the travel industry's most iconic brands, and I'm proud to join its world-class marketing team, said Betcher. It's special to work in an industry where powerful partnerships and promotions are vital to the customer experience. That's great, Scott, but really, what's up with the platinum status? Help me out here. Come on. All right, so there is a new cruise line, or is it a yacht line? You guys got to tell me. This is a popular one. 
uh, an interesting one to you guys apparently because I got I mean direct messages, emails, all everybody was all into this thing. Honestly speaking, it doesn't really pique my interest too much because I guess the level of luxury, but it does in a way, A, because it involves being at sea, and B, because the project has a brand name. So we will cover it a little bit. Ritz Carlton, ladies and gentlemen, are getting into the nautical mix. The research I have done, it's still not 100% clear to me if these vessels are yachts or legitimate cruise ships because I just see just alternating I guess nouns attached to it. It's like sometimes they call the yachts will be or the ships will be. A, so I don't know. One thing I do know is that they will be expensive. If I want to cruise with a land-based hotel affiliate, I'm probably going to have to sit around for a little while and wait around till the Days Inn decides to set sail because the Ritz-Carlton is probably a little bit out of my league. So the Ritz is partner. They're actually partnering up with some former high-level big shots from P&O to form this new venture, and that makes sense, right? I would say. I know the Ritz-Carlton is already being involved uh, with hospitality, and uh, it should be a pretty smooth transition, but I don't know. Who would teach them how to fold the towel animals, right? So it's a good thing the P&O guys are involved. They expect the first vessel to be ready to go for the 2019 season, and it will be designed to carry 298 guests. There will be 149 double occupancy suites, which, again, I don't get. Why do you stop there? Uh, to me, it's just I, if I was running the show, I'm like, well, why not? Why not 300 guests? Why not 150 double occupancies? Drives me nuts. Either way, they will have their own private balconies, and I anticipate this will be a very luxurious experience. The yachts will also feature two 138 square meter duplex penthouse suites with all sorts of modern craftsmanship and interior finishes, jointly designed by the Ritz Carlton and leading cruise ship design firm. Tilburg Design of Sweden. By 2022, they plan to have two more of these yachts. So by 2022, they are pretty much expecting to have uh, three ships out there. Okay, moving on. Finally, it's time for my favorite story of the week. Royal Caribbean decided to channel their inner rock star and party till 8 a.m. last week in Spain. The cruise line apparently put the when in Rome philosophy directly into play. The brilliance of the seas was docked in Marina Botafach on the Balearic Islands, which is host to the legendary celebrity and party destination Ibiza, Spain. Ibiza is the subject and the inspiration of many rave and EDM songs and albums. They're always talking about it. I took a pill in Ibiza, right? That's what's his name. Song out right now by uh, somebody. Someone, one of you kids out there need to write in. Tell me what the... I took a pill in Ibiza, and the next word is, so Avicii thought I would be cool or to make a... Something. I'm doing it again. Here we go. Local residents called the police. Now, again, props to Royal Caribbean because you can imagine how loud it had to have been to draw noise complaints. You live in Ibiza, the party capital, one of the party capitals of the world. And these residents are complaining about a cruise ship. That's like you know people who decided to move to Colorado and then they complain about the snow. Anyway, the police said they were unable to get the noise to subside, which is also kind of interesting, right? I don't understand that. Why would they? They're police. Why would they not be able to get noise to subside? And what the hell was going on on that cruise ship till eight o'clock in the morning with the noise? Who knows? But Royal Caribbean, I mean, you guys are looking at Carnival right now, saying, "Yeah, I got you, fun ship." So. <laughs> The noise continued and hefty fines are expected. I have zero doubt that Royal Caribbean will lose any sleep over the fines. But uh, apparently 
That is a literal statement. Good for you, Royal Caribbean. I am absolutely proud of you. You just went up a couple of notches in my be- um, in my book because you know what? Sometimes you're at sea, you're on vacation. When in Rome, you're in Ibiza. Let's 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 party. Let's go to eight a.m. People, want, if that if that's what the people on the ship want. Give them what they want. You pay a couple of fines. Everybody sleeps a little bit late the next day. No harm, no foul. Royal Caribbean, keep up the good work. I want to see a little more of that from you. Come on. All right, now it's time to get into this week's topic, how to save money while in port. I wanted to get into a little bit about saving money on land when you're in port, beating the sometimes heavy price of shore excursions. Uh, Some of these, again, some of these will be basic. You may have heard them before. Hopefully, I'll try to tag them with a little bit of a unique spin on some of them. But let's be tolerant of the wide range of cruise IQs that are out there that, you know, a lot of you kind of know this stuff. It's going to be old hat. But for some of you, it is going to be different. Like I said, I do try to do the best I can to put a little bit of a unique spin on them them as much as possible. So ideally, it will make it listenable for everybody. Uh, All right, let's begin. First of all, as the, you know, and this is a basic one, and we're going to go with stay on the damn ship. Generic, I know, but you really do get a great onboard experience when 80% of the ship is on land or experiencing excursions and stuff. And having said that, I do recommend getting off the ship. Uh, if you haven't been there, now, if you've, you know, if, if this is especially true if you've already been to the port. Me and the lovely uh, Miss Kay did this in Nassau. Uh, I kind of regret that now because I did a port profile on Nassau recently and realized that there is a whole host of things that you actually can do on Nassau, and it does not deserve the bad rap it gets. Uh, so, like I said, all right. So, having said that, I do recommend getting off the ship and walking around a little. You want to say you've actually gone there. You know what I mean? Maybe grab some dirt, buy a souvenir or two, get a cup of coffee. Uh, but then head right back onto the ship and do all those things that are usually long lines for. The worst part about getting off the ship in port is getting back on the ship, uh, especially if you stay the whole time. You know, you're tired, you're full, maybe drunk, maybe sunburned, and the last thing you want to do is wait that that thousand-person slow-moving line to get back on the ship. Uh, The ship gives you the time they want you back on the ship. That's usually half hour before they actually plan to leave. But inevitably, you will start hearing announcements for those who are not yet back on. So if there are people who are not back on the ship, they will wait for a little while past the planned departure time. And it's always fun to set up shop on the promenade deck and watch the drunk. Well, hold on. First of all, I want to back that up. I told you guys, I want you to listen very, very carefully. This is a show for information, and it's also for some entertainment. And I'm here to tell you that I do not cruise like the others. You know, I do like to set up shop. We're talking the subject right now. We're going to get into peer runners a little bit. They barely make it back sometimes. I am absolutely guilty of that sometimes. But I don't want you to take from this show that I recommend staying past the allotted time that the cruise line tells you to do. Cruise as I say not as I cruise. I have been dangerously close to missing the ship several times. And if I have, it would have been, I would have had no one to blame, but myself. If the cruise ship left me there, it would be nobody's fault, but my own. And no one should expect the cruise to stay any longer than they say. And not only do I recommend that you get back on the ship before the allotted time, 
I, I, I think you should 100%, 100% make sure that you don't put yourself in any risk whatsoever. My formal recommendation is to not push the envelope. Give yourself extra time and be on the ship you know, before the time they give you. But staying on the ship in port can make for some very, very enjoyable peer runner watching. Here are some tips <laughs> on getting the most out of your peer runner watch experience. Number one, go down to the promenade deck for a closer look. You can see them from your stateroom. You can see them from you know the Lido deck. And sometimes it's fun to be in your stateroom because you get to be part of that wall of just like chanting. But if you go down to the promenade deck, you really get a better view. Get the camera ready and record these. Make these videos and you put them on YouTube and they're guaranteed to go viral. If you guys want to check out YouTube, you, you can see a lot of the peer runner videos yourself. Number three, peer runner watching is not just a spectator sport. Encourage people that you're with to cheer them on. Just the right amount of inspiration can lift any drunk off the concrete and motivate them to actually make the ship. So make sure you get all the people around you nice and like loud and the people that you're with and yourself. Make sure you're really doing your part and screaming at these peer runners and encouraging them, letting them know, like, you know, they, they, they cue the Rocky music. You can make the ship. Get off the mat, you know. However you got to get on the ship, get on the ship. I've done it before too. When I was running on the road, when I was a peer runner, the senior frogs girls were dragging me along and, you know, I didn't think I was going to make it. They were starting to close up and the girls were blowing their whistles frantically and then sure enough, they did stop. They did let us in and I actually fell. I made it to the ship, was able to get my sign and sail card out, showed it to them, walked, went through the metal detector, whatever, and fell on the floor. What did I do after that? I immediately started infiltrating uh, floors that I did not was not staying on and I saw some of the housekeepers and the, the stewards in there uh, vacuuming some of the rooms. I walked in some of these rooms randomly and offered to take the vacuum out of the hands of the people who were uh, who, who of the of the lovely, lovely, wonderful room stewards that were cleaning the rooms, and I started doing that for them. And they're very, very accommodated. They gave me the vacuum, and I just started vacuuming rooms in my drunken state. I'm not necessarily saying I'm not not necessarily not saying you should do that, but this is what it is. Uh, all right. So number four, the conditions most conducive. To see peer runners are in San Juan, St. Thomas, Nassau, Key West, most destinations where you're going to see a senior frogs. I mean, enjoy it. It's also free. And number five, don't just look for the people that are running. A lot of times you can see peer drivers and they're not, thankfully, they're not, they're never driving. But if you're on your peer runner, if you're a peer runner watching and you're watching all these people run for the ship, what you'll see a lot of times is it slows down for a minute, but then you'll see a vehicle. And these people uh, have the wherewithal to offer the drivers more money to get them directly uh, as close to the ship as possible. So look for those vans because popping out of those vans is going to be some hot messes sometimes. And, you know, they will start their peer run a little bit closer. Nevertheless, there will be a peer run, a very, very enjoyable peer run from those people getting out of the vans as well. Also, uh, just remember... If you do spot a peer runner, it is your cruise passenger duty to draw attention to them every time you see them on the ship for the rest of that sailing. They are legends. They deserve to be honored. They deserve to be respected. So when you see them walking around the ship, I encourage you to stop, clap, get people around. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, day four peer runner, this guy right here, and they get everybody clapping for them as well. Uh, that happened to me. 
And, uh, you know, I, my name had to have been announced. I would have to say my name as a late passenger had to be announced maybe, I don't know, total five or six times, you know, through different cruises and different ports. It happens, ladies and gentlemen. Listen, you get the one shot. You get the one shot at this life. And, uh, you know, how often you at sea, get the most out of your sailing. That's all I'll say. But, again, crew, that's that's just me. Cruise as I say, do not cruise as I cruise. All right, uh, moving on. Another uh, way to save on land is to, we, I don't know how we got it to <laughs> cruise. Like, okay, that's what we were talking about. So ways to save money on land is to stay on the ship. And when you stay on the ship, get the most out of your vacation by watching the pier runners. All right, moving on to the next one, shop around. Very simple, but it's really important. I definitely made the mistake on my first cruise of simply going through the onboard pamphlet that shows you what's available, and I simply booked one in each port. I was like, okay, so here we do this, here we do that, horseback ride in Grand Turk, snorkel in St. Thomas. It was a screw, I was screwed up. Like, I'm not going to lie to you. Snorkeling in St. Thomas is, is, is not that great. You know what I mean? To be honest with you, maybe if I'm wrong, tell me. There might be some really, really cool spots to go to, but I saw a couple of turtles, maybe a stingray. Whereas if you snorkel in Grand Turk, you snorkel in some of these other areas it's just that kaleidoscope of different colored fish and that's what you're really really looking for by the way i did get my uh, uh whatever futuristic snorkel mask that you keep seeing overly at an obnoxious level on groupon and facebook whatever it keeps continually coming up and again that just shows you man they're watching us <laughs> this is not political but they are watching us they know what you're interested in they know i like cruising so they're shoving that uh uh, as 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 Sherry from Cruise Tips TV calls it, the Darth Cruiser mask down my throat, and uh, you know what? It's only so many times I'm like, I'm gonna buy this thing. I don't know how it's gonna work out. I'm gonna throw it on, go in the pool. You know, I'm sure that'll, I'm sure that'll draw some looks. I'll show up to the pool at my apartment complex with my snorkeling mask, and everybody's gonna probably, yeah, sure, that's normal. Whatever, whatever you can do, you got to give the people some entertainment. But uh, my process is this now, so. First and foremost, before you do anything, you got to go on YouTube and TripAdvisor. So you're going to San Juan or you're going to, let's just say, Grand Turk. Forget what the cruise line shows you because that's a package deal. They're going to show you. Go to YouTube and TripAdvisor because those are two completely unbiased platforms and you type in things to do in X port. What you're going to do there is you're going to see if there is something that absolutely jumps out at you and something you 100% know you want to do. If you find that, then you begin a more detailed search of what uh, tour groups offer that and then find your best bank for your buck on those. Uh, the reason for this, like I said, just because you want uh, – you know, you know you want to get a general idea of what you can do ashore from a point of view that doesn't necessarily have any bias whatsoever for example a carnival might get a kickback from snorkel group a but everyone who knows anything knows that snorkel group b hits a better reef has a better price whatever you may still want to go with carnival you know what i mean the safety of it and the fact that it's sanctioned by the cruise line the fact that you're guaranteed to get back on the ship you know, it may be even across the board, and those things may be the thing that what throws you over the edge and con- uh, causes you to book with Carnival. But you want to have all your information in front of you. All right. So uh, number three way to save in port is to build your own excursions. You know, you'll see uh, on the excursions list that the cruise line will combo together many of the available experiences. Very often, this is a great way to save money. But also, sometimes they package it together. I don't know. Maybe they make it look a little bit better than it is. For example, sometimes you'll see a historic city tour, 
shopping, and beach break with a lunch and a complimentary rum punch. That sounds great, right? In this case, the perceived value is transportation. You get a guided tour. You get admission to a beautiful beach. You're shown directly where the shopping district is, and you get a delicious lunch and an authentic island cocktail. When the reality is, is that you may or may not get an interesting tour of the port. You know, a lot of times these mail it in. Uh, Admission to the beach is most likely free, to be honest with you. The shopping is right by by the beach, and with a little research, you can find that out on your own. And personally... You'd rather pay the 15 bucks for a real lunch and cocktail, not the warm half a sandwich or in a brown bag or the watered-down sugar Kool-Aid that comes out from a you know one of those Gatorade dispensers that sits around from tour to tour. It's likely that with a little bit of research, you can do all of the above for the price of a cab ride, and you could do it at your own pace. Then, if you want to pay for lunch on the shore, you do it. If not, you wait to get back on board and you get your free food from the cruise line. Now, remember, I'm not saying this is always the case. I'm not saying never book a packaged, bundled-together tour. But, there, I mean, there are plenty of great tours out there, and I've been on a lot of them. But do your research on YouTube and TripAdvisor, and then you go from there. Because there you're getting your unbiased, you know. And, you know, proceed with caution, just like when you read reviews. Proceed with caution and just try to kind of read between the lines a little bit. Notice that if somebody gives a review or gives a, a tour, they may have had a bad experience or they may feel like they get ripped off. So, of course, what they're going to do is bash the shit out of it the whole time. But, you know, all right, you know, maybe things that are hot buttons to them aren't hot buttons to you. Watch it objectively and then... Go from there. See if you want to, you know what? You saw on YouTube, this looks like an incredible excursion. Oh, the same exact excursion is offered by the cruise line. Do it. Absolutely. Pay the cruise line. Ask the shore excursions desk guy or just book it. But just, again, this is the the, the purpose. The bottom line is just research on YouTube and TripAdvisor first to get all your information in front of you. Number four, make friends prior to or during sea days and get a group together for a private charter or an excursion to offset your costs. You also, if you do this, you want to may want to check how many ships are in port to see if you should do something mainstream or go off on your own. Like if you're, I can tell you right now, if you're in Nassau, the Bahamas, a lot of times there's a lot of ships in there and you are 50-50 on, NASA, on, a, on Atlantis, let's say, if there's five or six ships in port during that time, uh, skip Atlantis because it is going to be an absolute zoo. Now, when I say prior, make friends prior to cruise uh, to the cruise or during sea days. There's basically three main avenues to do this from. The first and classic and the most traditional way is through a website called Cruise Critic. If you're listening to this show, you probably know what Cruise Critic is. They have the um, roll calls, and you can pretty much find any sailing that's. I would say at least over four days. or I don't know if they do the four days or under whatever, but if you have a sailing, you could look on your sailing. There's a list of all of them, I mean, nine times out of ten. See, they used to be a lot more popular than they are now only because there's other avenues to go for that. But cruisecritic.com, you find the boards, the community, the message boards, or the roll calls, wherever it is. You may have to just search around for it. I don't know the exact path offhand, but you, they're very, very easy to find. And you could find people that are going to be on your sailing. Sometimes it's a dead room and nobody gives a crap and it's just the same guy, roll call, repeating the names over and over again, slot pole, cabin tour. I mean, none of that stuff. I don't give a crap about you. I don't care about any of that stuff. What I want to do is find who's 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 going to be running around from bar to bar. Who's organizing the bar crawl? What are you doing on this ship? I don't care about the slot pole. I don't care about looking at your uh, 
your 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 different different types of suites and doing a cabin crawl or whatever. That's not my thing. But God bless you if it is. But what I'm saying is it is a good avenue. So that's Cruise Critic. The other one is clearly Facebook. Facebook, I wouldn't say uh, there's not a guaranteed uh, cruising. Uh, there's not a guaranteed page for every sailing. But as the years go by, more and more sailings do have their own page. Uh, Cruise Critic, there is. There's a guarantee. So the advantage with Cruise Critic is you're going to find your sailing and you're going to find your, a group in there. Facebook, you may not. You may have to start your own. But once you do, I find that Facebook is a little bit more interactive. People are a little bit more, uh, I guess, communicative on the Facebook. And then the other way is Shipmate. And Shipmate seems to be a little bit of an up-and-comer. A lot of times it's based on the ship and maybe not the sailing, but they do have the ones on the sailing. Ship Shipmate is, is not there yet, but there you know there's a little action on there. So if you start seeing people who are like-minded, like we do a lot of times, like we, we get in there, we go, right, who are the drunks? And I say that tongue in cheek. We're not, you know, not not really. I pretty pretty much say that literally. But uh, you know, we uh, we find out the people that are going to be most apt and most interested in doing a bow to stern bar crawl, top to bottom bar crawl, and then we kind of make friends. We've we've if sometimes some cruisings it's they're all over the place. Some cruising is cruisings it's a little bit uh you know slim pickings. But if you do this, you can kind of start the ball rolling as far as building relationships with people and then when you get on the ship if that relationship seems like it's like what you thought it was going to be and uh you go on land you know there's different things you could do you could book together with the people that you just meet if you're not in a huge group you have you know like a limo get a limo call up uh you know a limo company in in saint martin and you know you whatever it is it's two hundred dollars an hour if you get 10 people together for three hours i don't know i'm not going to do the math on that but you can but you can kind of do it in style and run around the island and you got 10 people meeting people drinking together and you're basically seeing every single you know bar restaurant beach bar whatever it is for uh you know do it in style snorkel and sailings uh, you could do fishing charters you just find these people that are looking to yacht experiences for the day whatever find people that you may want to be a whale watching you may want to just do this stuff with certain people and you can offset costs by putting your money together and increasing your purchasing power all right moving on number five resorts for a day now there are two separate types of resorts for the day that you're going to want to pay attention to you're going to have first of all you're going to have your regular major big time resorts these are your hiltons your Wyndhams, your uh, marriott's and stuff like that that really what they're trying to do is just collect extra money from people uh, who aren't staying there uh they're great they're they're cool but what you're going to find is that they're a lot less inclusive than the other ones i'm going to talk about which are resorts for a day that were built specifically for i don't know cruisers or maybe maybe land-based vacationers but mostly for cruisers who are not going to be there the whole time there's usually not a hotel associated or attached to them they have everything that they could possibly have that you'd want but they are they're always if not you know they're always more inclusive and they're always better pricing you can find a lot of these in Cozumel and that's you know the uh, Mr. Sancho's and the uh, Nachi Cocom I I think that I hear people talk about I haven't done the Nachi Cocom but people talk about it left and right Uh, but I would always wherever possible look for the ones that aren't necessarily if you're looking for a sleek posh experience and you don't care about money yeah do your hilton your windoms this and that but if you want to really kind of experience 
I don't know, pretty much a lot of the same stuff for half the price and more inclusive. You know, what you'll see in a lot of these resorts that are attached to big names is, all right, all inclusive for the day. You'll get a spot on the spot by the pool. You'll get a towel. Uh, you'll get um, water sports, no jet skis, but water sports and $40 food and drink credit. You know, you don't deal with that when you deal with the Nachi Coke Holmes and the uh, Mr. Sancho's. You're paying 50 bucks, and that's it. You just take what you want. I mean, not souvenirs and stuff, but food, drinks, full access. I mean, that's that's the beauty of those. So I would recommend if you really want to save, find some of those uh, resorts for a day, but find the ones that are built to literally be for a day. You don't stay there. There's no hotel, stuff like that. Moving on, number six. Snorkeling. Everybody likes to snorkel, but everybody thinks you have to go out and you know book a snorkel charter. With a little bit of research, you don't have to do that. You can get your own snorkel equipment, bring your own stuff, and you could snorkel from the beach. And you can find a lot of beautiful reef, uh, reefs from the beach. One I'm thinking of is uh, Koki Beach in St. Thomas. Beautiful. I mean that is some of the crystal, most crystal clear water I've ever been in. But, you know, there's a reef in that area, and you can snorkel from land, and you don't necessarily have to pay the $75, $125 per person that you get when you're, you know, I would, I would you know, proceed with caution with that. Of course, if you're going out to a reef and, you know, it's a, probably probably will be a little bit better of an experience, but if you want to just see some, you know, aquatic wildlife, you can do it from a beach. And, you know, yeah, did you snorkel in St. Thomas? Yes, I did. I just didn't pay the $125 like you did. All right, number seven, do some research before you even get on a ship or anything like that and reach out to places that you might want to go and to things you might want to do. What do I mean by that? It's general, but uh, for example, beaches or tours or restaurants, bars, anything, they're very, very competitive. Call AAA tours, just as an example, and tell them you're interested in booking with them, but you notice that so-and-so tours who competes with them is offering this deal. Yeah, you tell them you cruise all the time, you're an active TripAdvisor user and Yelp user and you rate people and you're active on there and you'd love to have a reason to possibly move away from what you normally do and give their company a try. They may see value in winning over a new long-term customer and getting a chance to elevate their profile on social media with your good review or whatever. I can tell you right now that it works. Uh, I, as you know, operate restaurants, bars, nightclubs and if I get a call and I end up having to, happening to answer the phone and somebody says, hey, I got a group coming in and I just want to know what you cover. And I know they're asking those questions. You have a cover. What are your specialists and that? I'm locking them in. You know, they got me on the phone and uh, these people are going to go out tonight. They're going to go somewhere and they're probably calling somebody else right after they speak to me. They probably got off the phone with somebody else right before they spoke to me. So what I'm going to do is make sure, hey, listen. Rebecca, we'd love to have you guys come in tonight. If you come in around 8 o'clock, I can get you guys a good table. What I'll do is I'll do the first round of shots. will be on me. And you just give them that extra touch. And what they'll do is guarantee that they'll show up. And they'll guarantee that they have a good experience. And they feel like they know somebody when they do go in there. So what you guys should do is, you know, whatever tour it is, your snorkel tour or whatever. Hey, listen, I usually go at Acme, but, you know, you guys look good. What, tell me about your reassistant. All right, maybe we'll get back to you. A lot of times what you'll find is that, hey, why don't you book with me right now and we'll do, you know, a two for one or like a 25% off or this and that. And honestly, they don't probably get that call too often. And the fact that they know right next to them is 
the same type of thing that they're offering, and you are just as apt to maybe walk off the ship or stumble off the ship or book on it. You're, you're just as apt to maybe choose the other company than them. They may be highly motivated to lock you in. Quite honestly, if they're diligent, they will lock you in, and they'll give you a couple of dollars off. And it may not necessarily be half off the cruise, but again, we're on our seventh point here. If you add up all these points, I'm not saying any one of them is going to give you two, $300 off, but if you combine them all together and you do all this stuff, your cost of your cruise, your land excursions can be significantly lower. You guys all know that. When you guys book cruises, you're the same as me probably, and you're like, all right, so here's the here's the first level of expenses. And a lot of times like, oh, all-inclusive, I don't have to drink, but maybe I will drink. Uh, I don't have to do shore excursions, but maybe I will. But what you're really factoring in in your mind is the price of the cruise. And then anything on top of that, it always adds up to me. I don't know. I never intend to spend the amount of money I do end up spending on the cruise. Now, let's casino aside. I like to have my gourmet iced coffees. I like to eat at the occasional specialty restaurant. I may say in my mind I'm going to save money because I'm going to be frugal on this cruise, but you got this snorkeling tour right in front of you or you got this uh, you know, ATV altering vehicle, you know, experience that's right in front of you that somebody else is doing. You you always end up spending a lot more me, personally, I always end up spending more than I plan to. Call that a lack of discipline or whatever it is. Again, again, what are you going to do? You're going to... You're, you're in uh, you know the most beautiful part of the world and you have these opportunities in front of you and these experiences you could do. What's more important to experience those things, take those pictures and make those memories or hold on to the little green pieces of paper with dead presidents in your pocket? To me, I think you know what my choice is. So having said that, if you want to still do all these things, these are just ways and opportunities for you to save a little bit of money that can add up across the board. Now you do two or three cruises a year. You know, who knows how much money this can save you overall. Uh, all right, moving on. Eight, check out if there are any hop-on, hop-off buses. This is a, a beautiful thing. It's a big thing in New York City. It's a big thing. And a lot of the bigger cities have them. Some of the more remote destinations won't have them. But check, see if they do. Because what these things do is, like you know, they act as both. They act as a tour, an informative, uh, I guess, information on what the culture is of that particular area. But it also acts as transportation. They're usually all over the place. I know I, did, I went on one in, um, I think it was St. John, New Brunswick, when I was in Canada. And it was really, really cool. And you get a tour guide who's really usually pretty into it and these are buses so they're full of people so they're not banging you over the head as far as pricing goes and you could hop on hop off go to different restaurants go to different experiences walk around come as you are get an inf- get information around about the island or, or p- whatever port you're in and you can uh, actually use it as your vehicle for transportation they always nine times out of ten probably almost 10 times out of 10, take you back to the cruise terminal as well. So check if there's hop-on, hop-off buses because it's a cheap way to get both transportation and an actual informative tour about your destination. All right. Uh, That's pretty much it as far as the uh, general stuff. I want to get into a couple of specific things. If you are happen to be in these spots, these are just kind of stream of consciousness places that I just thought of that I know that I like to do. And more often than not, it has saved me some money. First of all, I'll talk about the one that I always talk about. Again, sorry if this is repetitive, but St. Thomas. You know my drill in St. Thomas. I get off the ship. 
I get off earlier than the rest of the people I'm with. I walk over to Badass Coffee, get the day started with some nice iced coffee when they make the nice black coffee ice cubes as well. So you got no watered-down coffee. And then I walk over to Hooters, hang out, maybe order something to eat, maybe not. And then by then, my crew starts waking up. They meet us there, and then we go and we find one of the open-air safari taxis. Yes, I do make them test the sound system first. I want to make sure that while we're going up those hills, the reggae is going to be bumping nice and loud, so I make sure they play it nine times out of ten. I've never really had to turn anybody away. They always got those nice stereo systems in there, and then we make the offer. And what it usually is is probably about... I don't know, 20, 25 bucks a person, and they will take you wherever you want to go for at least three or four hours. And uh, it's it's to me, it's just you got a couple of drinks in you, you're driving up the hills, there's probably about three or four, uh, I guess, stations where you can look and get up. I mean, just screensaver views of just beautiful, picturesque islands. You oversee the whole Virgin Islands. And there's a gift shop up there. There is a uh, usually a banana daiquiri bar up there, and it's the whole one in Rome. I'm drinking the banana daiquiris on that on that little run. It tastes delicious. Gives you that little kick that you're looking for. You could do some shopping, and you could do just these most picturesque tours. I said this one before too. There's one specific one. It's big. It's called Mountain. It's literally called Mountaintop, and that's the main one you go to. And you walk in, and this the the gift shop is so big. It's like an airplane hangar. And then there's a bar, like a nice looking setup bar behind it. And then outside, there's a huge view. And the bartender just sits there all day. Sometimes I'm sure there's waves. There's busy sometimes, and I'm sure there's there's times when it's not so busy. But it's the biggest and main one, so I'm sure he's pretty pretty busy. And we go out there, and we're looking at the view, and it's just, I mean, I think that one is over Megan's Bay, if I'm not mistaken. You could see St. John's. You could um, St. John, you could see Water Island, and just... I don't know. There's no way. There's nothing I could say. No words I can say that describe this this view. And then the guy's funny. We uh, you know, we'll say last <laughs> time we were there, they told the guy, "Hey, buddy, uh, bartender, yeah, he doesn't have any customers. Can you come out and take a quick picture of us?" And he walks out from behind the bar, grabs the camera, and he's got that. He's got a line that he must use to everybody. And he looks around, acts it out with perfect timing. Looks around, and he goes, "Wow." It's nice out here. I should come out here more often. <laughs> it's literally like four steps from, again, I said it before too, it's probably not that funny a joke. It's just when you're in such a good mood and he does it in real time and you're not expecting that from him. Uh, he does it in such a dry way. It's hysterical. But all right. So that's my St. Thomas. Uh, they will also take you to uh, one thing. They'll take you to Coral World. In They'll take you to all the beaches that are free. They'll take you to the mountaintops. Just Find somebody in St. Thomas from one of those those taxis. Get a group together. Offer from that. It's negotiable too. You know, if it's earlier in the day, I'm sure they'll do it for cheaper because I had to like literally pay the guy freaking I don't know seventy five bucks a person because I know we were late. Just do it early. All right, moving on. In St. Martin, literally just take a freaking cab ride wherever you're gonna go. I've never experienced anything in all my in all my years of travel where this the, the taxi drivers on this particular island are so proud of their island, so aware and conscious of their island, and just love to talk about the island top to bottom. Do not book an organized tour. Just get a cab somewhere, go from one place to another, and what I recommend if you haven't done it, you have to do it. You have to go to um, 
Maho Beach, a.k.a. Airplane Beach, and uh, watch the planes come in. Yeah, if you've done it two or three times, you don't have to do it again, but it's a free beach to walk on, and it is a wonder. Like, you've probably seen pictures of it. You've probably seen internet videos, YouTube videos on it. You know, say you were there. See those planes land. Uh, it is a really, really cool experience. Moving on. San Juan. Seriously, this place, you can just walk. Some ports are great for walking and some are not. Uh, some you need an excursion to keep you busy. San Juan, you can get free access to both forts. You could have an incredible experience walking throughout Old San Juan with the, co- with Old San Juan with the cobblestone streets, the multicolored architecture, tons of places to eat, drink, shop, and it just flies by. It's just the the time. There's beautiful architecture, the churches, the town square. I don't get. I'm, I'm I'm not. There's a there's a there's a town square where there's just a ton a ton of birds and pigeons, and it's all like wildlife. And it might not be what you're into. Uh, definitely pop into a place. You can you can find the place where they have the original. Uh, uh, what is it? The original daiquiri? Yeah, the original daiquiri. I recommend getting some mafango. I think that's how you pronounce it. Uh, I've tried to get it on land. It's sort of like the the frozen drinks. When you try to drink a frozen drink on land, it just doesn't taste the same at sea. As many as 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 heavily uh, Latin area as New York is, with as many Puerto Rican people as there are in New York City. Something about the mafango, it just doesn't taste the same as it does in San Juan. Uh, Either way, it, and I'm not even saying it could just be made the same way by the same person, by whatever. It just tastes better when in Rome. Uh, Grand Turk, you can hit up Margaritaville with the rest of the rookies, which is a great time. I love Margaritaville. Uh, it's a, that's where most of the people are. So if you're looking to you know, get crazy, it's almost like a nicer version of a senior frogs. But the service, I don't know, it's a little less than personal and you're definitely not saving money here, and that's what the purpose of this is. The prices are off the charts. About three-quarters of a mile down the beach is a place called Jack Shack, and I'm sure you guys heard of it, but it's much more mom and pop. The drinks are definitely stronger. You can get a lot further with a little bit of tip and a little bit of a wink. It's got authentic jerk chicken off the grill, and, uh, you know, you just got to be a little patient with that. So I would recommend going a little bit down the beach. Make sure, though— you give yourself enough time because this pier runner is one thing. You don't want to be sprinting across the beach and making sure, you know, because you could see when you leave, when you're on Grand Turk, you're pretty much the biggest and largest thing on that island is your ship. And you could see the ship from pretty much anywhere on the island. And when you're down the other end of that beach, it'll be a very, very sad and long run if uh, <laughs> you watch that ship pull out and disappear over the horizon with you not on it. So make sure you give yourself some time. Uh, remember, if you are on Royal Caribbean and you're stopping at either one of their private islands, Coco Cay or Labadee, Haiti, and if you did get the drink package, understand that it will be good while you're on the island as well. So you can your drinks will be if you have the drink package, you're not paying extra for drinks while you are on land, which is awesome. Same goes for Norwegian at their private islands, which is what the um uh uh. Great Stirrup K and uh, the new one, which is Harvest Moon K. Uh, same goes for Norwegian, but remember, not for Carnival. Well, I don't know why this is annoying about Carnival. Again, Carnival, get your act together. Hopefully, this will change at Half Moon Key. You have to pay for your drinks, which is ridiculous because, again, as impressive as it is where you get to Half Moon Key, what Half Moon Key is, and I'm sure it is with a lot of islands, 
uh, it's an extension of your ship. You're not allowed to get off the ship for the first hour when they dock because what they're doing is populating the, the island with everything. It's pretty much just uh, a skeletal island as far as provisions and everything like that while it, while there's nobody there. But then once the ship is going to land there or you know arrive there, everybody gets off and they set up shop like it's there. They get the barbecue grills going. They unlock the gift shops. They, uh, uh, they stock the bars and everything like that. And it's only an island and it's only a bustling i guess district where you can purchase alcohol food and everything else it's only that way until the ship get it's not that way before the ship gets there so it's just a little bit weird that they will still take their booze off the ship and then charge you for it even if you have the drink package meanwhile it is their own private island i think they should fix that and i think they should do it sooner than later hopefully this will change <coughs> email john healed i tried to do like one of those like cough like subliminal cough slash john healed uh you know mentions so you should you guys can badger him about that but uh i don't really pull it off whatever all right uh six these are again these are specific uh nassau check out my youtube video called the ultimate guide to nassau uh it's nowhere near as picturesque as many of these other islands the virgin islands stuff like that uh you know it doesn't have the it, it's the Bahamas, you know what I mean? So it's not necessarily going to be the most beautiful, you know, clean, pristine streets and this and that. But it's it, – and the knock on it is that it can be a little dirty here and there and, you know, it's not necessarily kept up as well as some of the uh, other islands. But uh, believe it or not, there are plenty of bohemian cultural experiences you can get if you just walk around the downtown area. There's beautiful art galleries. There's a pirate museum. There's other museums as well. There's a lot of history you can learn about. There's some. There's a few historic governmental buildings you could check out while you're there. All can give you a real feel for the current and historic culture of New Providence and the Bahamas as a whole. And you don't have to pay much money at all for it. So don't sleep on walking around downtown Nassau. You're not necessarily, again, it's not... It may not have the look of paradise. Maybe go in a group. I don't think you're going to be in that much danger. I really don't think it's a people knock it a little bit. But I think if you're in a group and you're aware of your surroundings, don't be an easy target. You'll be fine. And there's tons of stuff you can do, learn, experience, and enjoy while you're in Nassau for not a lot of money just by walking around downtown. Of course, the beaches as well, but that goes without saying. All right, we mentioned all-inclusives before just to kind of reiterate on that. Make sure, you know, the difference between the two. But if you're heading to Cozumel, that's where you want to. I'm sure they have them in other places. But Cozumel, if you're in Cozumel and you really want a good beach experience and you want all-inclusive food, drinks, everything, Nachi Kukom and, uh, and and Mr. Sancho's, check those out. Uh, also, I would say uh, Norwegian Cruise Line is a great way to get uh, – they have a thing called NCL Free at Sea and pretty much any sailing. Let me put it to you like this. If you book a Norwegian cruise cruise and you don't get a free at sea option, hit the back button and find one that does offer it because they're pretty much all a dime a dozen now. And if you're not necessarily the biggest onboard drinker or you don't care about the dining deal, you can get a shore excursion credit for that as well. So free at sea for Norwegian, Norwegian you could get – uh, any any shore excursion that they offer, you can get credit towards that in their free at sea program. Uh, moving on, uh, rent mopeds or bikes or even cars. 
it's going to be cheaper than spending a lot of time in taxi cabs, and you get the total freedom to come and go as you please. A place like Cozumel, like I said, I rented a moped, and you know I'm not an experienced moped driver. It takes five minutes to figure it out, and you can go around wherever you want, and you can come and go as you please, rather than being, I guess, uh, beholden to whatever tour or cabs or paying those types of prices too. You're completely mobile. Just hold on to the keys. Be very, very careful. Don't do reckless shit while you're on the mopeds and stuff like that. You know, you have to just a little bit of uh, maturity is required for this. And, you know, you can be a nut job and do, you know, donuts and try to run the horses off the road that are taking people on tours. Uh, I I just wouldn't do it. Wear your helmet. Also, know where you're going. Don't go too far. Again, that's the biggest, you know, reminder as far as safety goes. Don't get lost on these on the, in these places. If you're, I can't tell you. If you're feeling adventurous and you want to risk your life and put your life into your own hands and because you know what experience is it in, you only live once, all that crap, go ahead. Do it. If that's what you want to do, I'm personally, and I'm, I've done it, but I'm not recommending you guys do that. All right. Since I was just there, I wanted to touch on a couple of specifics in New York City. A lot of people visit New York City. A lot of people sail out of New York City. And they give themselves a couple of days either before or after their sailing. And I just wanted to, I was just kind of reminded of a couple of things in New York City. Because New York City, nothing is cheap. I mean, as far as, you know, spending money, you can spend, you know, $30 on a freaking light lunch in New York City like it would a blink of an eye. But I wanted to give a couple of things where you actually, few and far between, but you can save money in New York City. I've mentioned this in the past. There's a place called the halal guys street food and by the way while i'm on that if you're looking to save money any of the put mexico san juan eat on the street i mean you're not going to get a lot of places you're not going to get some better sandwiches some better tacos and stuff like that what are they going to do in a big brick and mortar place that some of these street vendors aren't going to do for you so don't hesitate to eat on the street especially a i think just overall quality you're looking to get a a, a, a a true experience of what a really good Mexican street taco is or uh, uh, tripleta in uh, San Juan or stuff like that, eat on the street. But in New York City, a thing called the Halal Guys. Now, Halal is not my favorite food by any stretch of the imagination whatsoever, but there is on the corner of, what is it? It is 53rd and 6th, and this is a million-dollar-a-year business. They, these guys, you can look them up online, the halal guys. There's people trying to imitate them left and right. But any time of the day, night, or evening, from the lunch crowd to the dinner crowd, from the cab crowd, for the late night party crowd, these guys always have a huge line. And all you can get there is just rice with chicken or rice with lamb or a combination of both or a combina- or the same thing in the form of a like a gyro. And they give you a ton of white sauce. They give you a ton of hot sauce. Six dollars last time I checked. Maybe it went up to a dollar now. I haven't been there in a year. But I mean, this is why. If you're looking to be on a budget, this you, you can. This can be your. Maybe not for me, but for the average person, this can feed you all day. They give you a ton, and they give you a, a few slices of pita bread as well, warm pita bread. I don't know what it is. I don't know why it's so good. I don't know why it's so delicious, and I don't know how they get away with charging $6 for the whole thing. But it is the best deal, the most bang for your buck you can probably get anywhere in New York City. And anybody who's a local in New York City, whether they like it or not, and most people do, they can't, that's one thing you can't argue about is uh, is how good it is. 
All right, what else in New York City? There's a booth called TKTS, and it's for Broadway. I don't know if you guys are into the arts, into Broadway per se. I not so much. There's a couple of plays and musicals I went to that I was absolutely floored by, but as a whole, I am not necessarily locked into the whole Broadway scene. But many, many people are, and one thing I will tell you that is if you haven't done it, definitely do it because even if you know i'm at the point now uh, like they won't all entertain me but i went for the first time and actually reviving miss saigon that was the first one i ever went to i was fresh out of high school uh, me and my girlfriend at the time went she was really really into it and i was like kind of alone for the ride but yeah you know as a man you don't like to admit this and you know there's certain movies and there's certain whatever there's times where you you, you well up a little bit because of what you're watching you get a little emotional and yes embarrassingly enough i like literally welled up just like a little bit and it wasn't because i was so moved by how sad the story was or this st- you get a emo- you just appreciate what goes into that the the choreography mixed with the acting mixed with the singing mixed with the orchestra and the finale it's just overwhelming seeing all the stuff that goes into it and if you haven't done it definitely do it like definitely check it out and if you don't if it doesn't necessarily be like, maybe it's a one and done for you, but I definitely say do it. But if you're going to do it and you're a casual fan or a, or a new fan or not a fan at all, but you want to try it, go to the TKTS booth in Times Square and you will get up to 75% off on a lot of good shows. You know what I mean? Just because it's not a brand new show and it's been out a couple of years doesn't mean that it's any of the, these are some, these, when they came out, they were the hottest shows that going. But they've had their run, and they've been around for a while, so the demand isn't as high as it might be for Hamilton, stuff like that. Like When Wicked came out, you couldn't get a ticket for Wicked, but now you can, and you can get it at up to a 75% discount at TKTS. And these prices on these brothers, for decent seats, you could pay as much as 300 bucks. And, uh, you know, if you want to, you, you can use this tool use this uh what's available to you now this was a it started out a long time ago as a program and then you know the starving artist is a cliche and everywhere like you know actors actresses when they come up they're struggling they don't have a lot of money but they love they have the passion for the arts and this was an uh built and this kind of came to fruition because it was a program for starving artists and actors and singers or whatever dancers they could have an opportunity to see these plays and these musicals and get an, get the appreciation because it was just kind of gated to them knowing that they didn't have a lot of money. But the thing started to blow up and it moved around like four or five times. They had to expand. And now it's like a New York City treasure where a lot of people are just, you know, locals. So if you're into Broadway, you go there. And they, they do a really, really good job with it. They sell it on the street and they have actual ambassadors that walk around if you're interested. And they see like you look like you don't know what you're doing or you don't know what you're watching. They will explain to you the plot of every show. Like if, you know, there'll, there'll be shows that they would recommend for beginners who don't necessarily have a real appreciation. This is a good starter show, just like cruising. You know what I mean? There's good starter ships. There's intermediate ships. Same thing. Uh, what else? Also, in New York City, if you want to just walk around as a tourist, again, like I said, everybody's got their hand in your pocket looking for your money in New York City. But there is a square, let's just call it from 5th Avenue to 8th Avenue. That's going east to west. And from 42nd Street up to 52nd Street, that's north and south, that square area encompasses two 
pretty well-known districts of New York City, which are Rockefeller Center and Times Square. Now I'm one of these cheesy New Yorkers that I just love energy. I love, I love, I love energy, and I love when there's a lot of people around. I love when there's action. You know what I mean? I'm the type of guy that falls asleep better when I hear a couple of ambulances and a couple of you know reverse, you know, trucks backing up and this and that. I just like it. That's me. I like Times Square. A lot of New Yorkers despise Times Square. Oh, the tourists. Like, who are you? Like, who are you to, you know, you're a tourist somewhere else. When you go to, when you go somewhere else, you're a tourist. So what do you act like you're too cool to be able to be in the mix with tourists, this and that. But uh, you can walk around. There's beautiful, beautiful things that you could look at. There's plenty of attractions like St. Patrick's Cathedral. You can go to the top of the rock. You got to pay for the top of the rock and I think it's like 30 bucks a person, but you know, it's a beautiful view of the city. There's things that you could walk around and see uh, in New York City in no in that one square area, 5th Avenue to 8th Avenue from 42nd to 52nd Street. There's, you know, street shows, there's a lot of stuff. I would stay watch out for the <laughs> Watch out for the hip hop guys who are the rappers. What they do is they play rap music on the street, and it's it's cool because you like it and you're listening to it. And it's cool, and uh, they stop you. Hey, free CD, free rap CD, authentic New York City rappers. You know are up and coming. And if you're from Idaho and you're like, oh wow, real New York City rappers. This is cool. He's giving me a CD. They have you listen to it. They engage you in a conversation, and then you know what. You're not getting out of there without giving them some money. You know, they are expecting a tip. If you leave them five bucks, oh, thank you, thank you, uh, thank you, uh, sir. If you can, if you can, if you can just give me maybe ten because it costed amazing. You're buying a CD is what you're basically doing. You're not getting anything for free, and it is a strong hustle. I would recommend don't make eye contact with them. Uh, the street performers are a little bit different. The dancers, the you know, they play the drums on the buckets and they dance. That I mean, I recommend throwing them a dollar. If you listen, if you want, if it's worth it to you to hear a New York rapper and you want to give them ten dollars, go ahead and do it. But understand that you know they come at you like you're not having to pay anything for it. They're just giving you a CD, and sure enough, you know you will probably end up getting cursed out as you walk away if you decide to take that CD and don't give them any money. Uh, same thing with the characters. There's a lot of characters. You could take pictures with them. Plan on tipping them, guys. Giving them a couple of dollars. You know, they're not they're not out there sweating in that hot, uh, you know, Barney outfit or Donald Duck outfit or whatever they're out. They, they're expecting some money from you guys. But again, walk around. There's everything around. And New York City, just in itself, is just a spectacle. And again, like I said. I had to get back into New York shape, start walking around people and pushing and shoving and not letting people cut you off in the street. Well, they will. They know. They sense it. If they, if you have any indecision in where you're going, a New Yorker will cut you off. I'm not even talking about driving, just on foot. So just be aware of that. And uh, that's pretty much it as far as for this time, just this, the helpful hints as far as saving money while you're on land or at shore. All right, people of the sea, it is time for some listener emails. Here we go. Back at you. How we do? Primo. Jigaman. History in the making. All right, we appreciate your emails each and every week. Thank you guys so much. This is really an important part of the show. It's a huge contribution. Anytime you guys can email me questions, comments, concerns, corrections, it's Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. Here we go. Tommy, keep up the good work and your stories. Some of them are classic. I've also taken Always Be Booked to heart, and now I have three cruises lined up this year. One Carnival Imagination, four-day L.A. to Catalina, 
and Ensenada, two, Carnival Vista, Western Caribbean, and three, uh, NCL Epic Western Med. So what do we got there? That's, so that's uh, two carnivals and a Norwegian. So moving on. Since you've been asking uh, to send you questions, here you go. I am starting my planning for my Carnival Vista Western Caribbean cruise in January 2018. We have a group of about 13. Nice. That's always awesome. Three families with kids ranging from 12 to 23. This trip is going to be Ocho Rios, Grand Cayman, and Cozumel. So far, I have a snorkeling trip booked for Grand Cayman, Stingray City, Starfish Point, etc. Now I'm trying to work on Ocho Rios and Cozumel. What do you recommend in Ocho Rios? I want to see as much as I can on this island. One of the places that looks amazing is the Blue Hole. Just wondering if there's enough things to do there for those in our group who don't want to swing or jump in the water. I have some costs and recommendations from uh, some costs and li- recommendations from Liberty Tours, uh, Pete Taylor, Marvin's Paradise Tours, and Courtney Taylor. Do you have insights on these tour companies? I looked them up, and it seems like all of them have good reviews. I do not have insight on those tour companies. Uh, all right, let me read the rest of your email. Cozumel, I know some of the group wants to be at the beach. Which beach would you recommend? I know there's Mr. Sancho's. Any others? Uh, there. Then there is others who are looking for something that is adventurous. Thoughts? Lastly, I must. I know I must of your inform. I know most. Okay, so we got to proofread these guys. <laughs> No big deal, but uh, it says must. Lastly, I know most of your information is on the Caribbean, but what about getting someone on your podcast that is some that has some experience in the Mediterranean? That is all for now, Rob. Thank you so much, Rob. I really, really appreciate you writing me. Um, you know, I, I, A, on the Mediterranean, I'm not there yet. I, I really don't have a lot of passion for the Mediterranean right now. That's just me, guys. I'm a Caribbean guy. Uh, eventually going to work it out to the West Coast. Eventually going to make it, you know, the Panama Canal stuff. Maybe down the road, uh, my cruising curiosity will take me to the Med, but that's just not the case right now. All right, so let's go back into your email, answer some of your questions. As far as Cozumel, yes. As far as beaches, it's Mr. Sancho's or Nachi Cocom. Those are the two. If you get off the cruise port and you make a right, you're going to eventually come up on a series of all-inclusive resorts. If you're looking for a beach day, it's a no-brainer. Definitely hit up one of them. Ocho Rios is phenomenal. I did a port profile on Ocho Rios as well if you want to look into the back episodes. I loved it. A lot of people are like, eh, I absolutely loved Ocho Rios, Jamaica. You talked about the Blue Hole. The Blue Hole is, I believe, it's part of the whole Mystic Mountain area. And I think if you go, you know, that's the beauty part of uh, the beautiful part of Ocho Rios too, as well, is that there's so much to do in such a small area. Right near the Blue Hole, you, ha- you can also do the whitewater rafting. You could also do the, uh, you know, the air tram up to the top of Mystic Mountain. Do that Alpine roller coaster down. You do the Dunn River Falls as well. Check the geography. Look on it. Look on a map and you'll see that all that stuff is very, very much in, in in a very close area. I don't know. Maybe it makes sense to go through a tour company, do your research. What you can also do is just wing it while you're there. If you're talking about a situation where 
you know, like like the situation is in Ultra Reels where everything is so close together, you may want to not lock yourself into a bunch of stuff. There's a beautiful restaurant at the top of Mystic Mountain, too, that, uh, you know, you get good jerk chicken and all that stuff. A ridiculous view. <clears throat> Excuse me. I recommend going up there just for the photo shoot as well. You get a beautiful picture of an infinity pool that leads into the Caribbean, and it's a beautiful shot of your cruise ship as well. That's at the top of the, uh, I guess you do that air tram, whatever, the sky lift, whatever it is, that takes you to the top and the alpine slide back down the alpine roller coaster back down all of that stuff is in the one area so i would just say you know what else is there there's the rafting there's the blue hole there's the mystic mountain there is the roller coaster dun river falls all very very close so just check that out and i would recommend you know maybe not necessarily locking yourself into anything specific all right good luck rob and i really really appreciate the email thanks a lot all right, moving on. Uh, keep up the good work with the podcast. You make the time fly by on the treadmill and bike. I'm sure people think I'm crazy when they hear me laughing out loud to myself. I am sailing on the October 30th Empress Sailing, and I'm assuming Empress of the Seas. And uh, this was this was welcome news to hear this morning. So I guess somebody surprised you. Good, congratulations. The best cruise is a free cruise some something somebody just surprised you with our first port stop is on october 31st in key west on halloween hopefully the freaks and geeks will be out in full force can't wait to explore havana with an overnight stay so that's the other one Oh my goodness, heather congratulations you are going to be in key west on halloween that's going to be out of control the freaks and geeks will absolutely be out i don't know how late you're in key west but yeah you are not going to have to go far to look for a great time key west key west is like maybe like the new orleans of florida so yeah there'll be plenty of nut jobs and whack jobs what are you going to be heather are you going to dress up what are you going to uh what are you going to bring to the table you got to plan your outfit you and whoever you're going with come with something nice and uh enjoy that that's going to be phenomenal and heather was also cool enough and i was going to mention this in the news but since heather had it in the email i decided to wait till now but there's been a lot of talk about you know the cuba status and what you know the legality of going to cuba and you know the travel rights of you know with donald trump making some adjustments to uh to you know i guess i guess the travel restrictions but heather included a letter from royal caribbean uh, explaining that in a little bit more detail so it says i guess this is to heather but it says dear valued guest today president trump announced his administration i'm sorry <clears throat> reboot today president trump announced his administration's new policy changes for u.s citizens traveling to cuba and we are pleased to inform you that we don't anticipate any changes to our cuba itineraries you can expect to enjoy the Im- immersive unforgettable experience you've been looking forward to as we visit Havana, Cuba, on your upcoming sailing aboard Empress of the Seas. As a reminder, please remember to visit royalcaribbean.com slash Cuba for useful tips uh, to help you prepare, prepare for your trip. Thank you for choosing Royal Caribbean for your upcoming vacation. We can't wait to welcome you on board. Sincerely, Royal Caribbean International. So very, very simple letter. No details regarding the policy and what specifics were. Just basically letting you know from Royal Caribbean that no problem. We're still going to Cuba, and uh, get ready because it's going to be a lot of fun. Thank you again, Heather, for that email, and uh, enjoy yourself on Halloween. Uh, be careful. Be safe, too. Again, with a lot of freaks and geeks and weirdos, you may have to just be aware. Just watch your surroundings is all. All right, moving on. Tommy, love the show. 
Just booked a five-day cruise out of New Orleans on the Carnival Triumph in September, sailing to Cozumel and Progreso. I was in between this sailing and one out of Mobile, Alabama, sailing to the same ports, but on the Carnival Fantasy. After listening to your rave reviews of Fantasy-class ships, I decided they just might be a little too fancy for us. So we went with the Triumph in a Deck 10 inside cabin, just steps from the pool bar. When in Cozumel, we have decided to check out Mr. Sancho's all-inclusive resort, as I promised Mr. Sancho's getting a lot of run in this week's episode. Uh, resort, as I promised my friend, at least one swim-up bar on this vacation. I'm having a tough time figuring out what to do in Progresso, though. Have you ever been to that port, and do you have any suggestions for us? First of all, big, big props to Jason. Love the sarcasm and saying that the fantasy uh, carnival fantasy might be a little bit too fantasy. Obvious, uh, uh, fan- fancy, tongue twisting it up here. I do appreciate the sarcasm. Uh, that was awesome. Uh, after listening to your reviews, full disclosure, Jason, I've never been on a fantasy-class ship. Uh, I I just don't plan to. I, I, you know what? I've, on Doug's show, on uh, cruise, uh, 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 cruiseradio.net, he has a woman named Sherry, uh, the cruise maven, on there fairly frequently, and she just said one interesting thing that made that piqued my interest about maybe going on a fantasy class ship. And I referred to it a little bit when I went on that uh, Paradise Bahama Paradise cruise ship. The only thing cool about it is that right now you feel like the newer ships, as impressive as they are. It's just you kind of know where everything is. You know the layout is kind of predictable and a little bit more like where, like I said, they know how to make money off of every square inch of the ship. The fantasy dates back to the 90s. So maybe it's a little bit more inconsistent. Maybe a little bit more. If there was one thing that's going to be able to drive me eventually to an old ship, it's the fact that you might see some wacky, almost relic-type layouts or like crazy type rooms or offerings that just they don't do anymore because it's not cost effective for them and that might be the one thing that might eventually get me on a fantasy class ship probably not though but all right so getting to your questions Cozumel Mr. Sancho's I think that's a no-brainer definitely if you're cool with that if you want to do the overall crucive that or Nachi Kokom definitely great decision now, Progresso. I've never been to Progresso. And what I would recommend, though, if you're going to go there, you kind of, since you already got your beach day all-inclusive taken care of in, uh, in, in, in Cozumel, I would say take advantage of the geographical region you're in. This is probably one of the only places in the world that are so rich with, uh, I guess, the Mayan ruins and the cenotes. So I would combo that up. I would look for a Mayan ruin slash cenote trip and get some snorkeling in the cenotes and just kind of take in the peace the tranquility and just the uniqueness of that area overall if you're asking me what i would do in progresso you're gonna have to do some research progresso is not necessarily a mainstream port a run-of-the-mill port that everybody goes to but it is in that general geographic area so just pick the right one do some research and make the right call but i would that that would be what i would do if you're doing your all inclusive and your beach day in in cozumel hit up a cenote and you know cozumel's an island so you know i think uh i think progresso is on the mainland if i'm not mistaken check that too i think it is so you don't have to necessarily take that ferry over you're more proximal to the natural beauty and the natural wonder and the ruins and stuff like that I, that would be a hard recommend for me. Do that in uh, Progresso. But thanks again for the email, Jason. I appreciate it. Tommy, good morning. I just wanted to pick your brain about hotel and dining options 
you're picking my brain. You're not going to come up with a lot. <laughs> Options for our pre-cruise stay in Orlando. We will be sailing on the Oasis. Hell yeah. Congratulations. Check out my song, Drunk on the Oasis. little cheap promo there. Uh, under the podcast, Drunk on the Oasis. It's a little stupid little song. And maybe it's, it's, it's set to Garth Brooks' Friends in Low Places. I got drunk on the Oasis. Hey, listen, every once in a while, take a shot at something creative. But if you like it, you like it. If not... Oh, well. Uh, we'll be sailing on the Oasis since September 10th and plan on driving in on Friday the 8th. I really want to take my daughter to Magic Kingdom for the day on Saturday, but other than that, I have no plan. I was looking at the snooze and cruise options near the port at Cocoa Beach since it includes parking. Would it make sense to spend two nights prior to the cruise in Cocoa Beach? Or do you think it would be better to spend Friday night in Orlando and Saturday night in Cocoa Beach? Or... Maybe even just spend two nights in Orlando and find a place to park near the port. I would like to keep budget in mind since I don't want to overspend before getting, uh, before even getting on the ship. But on the other hand, I value experience, good food, and I want to get our vacation off to an amazing start. Any advice and insight would be greatly appreciated. Christina, thanks. Uh, Christina, I'll be honest with you. You were a little all over, all over the map on that. You say all right, you gave me all three choices that are in play. You said you want to keep it close, but you want you definitely want to go to Magic Kingdom. So you're going to oh, so you're saying maybe go to Magic Kingdom on uh, on Saturday. So how how would how would two nights in Cocoa Beach even be in play if you were going to stay in the Magic Kingdom? This is a, this is a tough one. If I'll just give you general general advice here, this is going to be completely up to you. Uh, if you want to eat in Orlando and you want to have hotel, uh, get a uh, get a room in Orlando, Orlando aside from my native place in New York is obviously you know the two of the biggest destinations for tourists in the world, and there will be absolutely endless endless options for you to do so. But I don't know what is most important to you, so. If you want to take your daughter to Magic Kingdom on the day Saturday, I would say, I don't know. Do you want to? Do you want to drive all the way back? If you want to get room size, I would say, maybe I would say you're probably your best thing you want to do. It sounds like you want to have a good experience. I would throw away the. There's nothing going on in Cocoa Beach, really. I would just shut that down. Stay in Orlando the two days. There's tons of hotels. They're very very competitive with each other, and. Yeah, you're gonna get a great dining experience. There's there's places to eat all over the place. Uh, one one interesting place in Orlando that I think you should check out is a place called Hash House Ogogo. I think there's a few of them throughout the country. I've never seen one before in New York, but it was for my first experience with them is down here. But they have these dishes that are like man versus food sized dishes, out of control portions with chicken and waffles, traditional breakfast. Tons and different options of hash. If you're okay with kind of like, but they also have burgers. The burgers and the dinner is tremendous too. But their claim to fame is they're just obscenely large breakfast. The garnishes are through the roof with these like they almost like a pine tree on your plate for a garnish just because it has to. It has to man, match the size of the dish that they're actually giving you. Do some research on Hash House of Gogo. Uh, in Orlando, also, I recommend City Walk. You don't have to go to Universal Studios. You got to pay a couple of dollars for parking, but you walk around City Walk and you have a Margaritaville. You have, I mean, tons of catch your, uh, well, what is it called? Rising Star Karaoke, really fun. It's a cool place. You're not necessarily in the park itself, but tons and tons of options as far as dining and entertainment and stuff like that. And uh, th- that's Orlando. And I would just say, if you want to spend a little bit of money, Get a nice place on iDrive or whatever, but there's also tons and tons 
of options where you don't have to spend a ton of, ton of money too. Uh, it, it's hard because I don't know exactly what your – you tell me you want to do everything. You kind of list everything, and I don't know which you have more value. You value experience and good food, but you want to keep budget in mind and don't overspend before you even get on the ship. You know, so that tells me, all right, it looks to me like you split right down the middle. And I'm, I'm, I'm a little confused. If you want to email me again and get a little bit more specific what you actually really want to do, uh, I want to try to help you out. You know what I'm saying? But I'm going to be honest. I'm a little – I told you what I would do if I had a day or two in Orlando. But as far as that versus Cocoa Beach, I would say that. I would say it's, a, it's, a, it's an enjoyable drive. I would say it's – if, if you're okay with the money, spend the two nights in Orlando and drive to Cocoa Beach the next morning and just pay the 60 bucks or whatever it is for parking because you're not going to get much done in Cocoa Beach. And the drive the day of is going to be fun, exciting. You're going to be – it's going to be a really, really nice drive. I remember we took it when we went on the cruise and you go over the causeways and the first time you see the ship on that open road and you see the – you know, you got the music going. You got the whatever music you – you know, you listen to your vacation hype you know, playlist is going and it's a cool experience in your, the adrenaline's going. So driving the day of is cool, but, uh, I don't know. I don't know if I helped you at all. If you want to get a little more specific and email me again, I'll do the best I can to help you. But, uh, again, I, I don't know if I really helped you on that. I just, that might've been a train wreck answer, but hopefully you got something from it. All right, moving on. Tommy, I have started listening to some podcasts about cruising. I was disappointed on Cruise Tips TV. You responded that you don't go to muster drills. I do not think this is a good thing to tell people. I have been enjoying your podcast because you are very honest and very different from other podcasts. Barbara. Okay, Barbara. Thank you so much for the email, Barbara. I want to first and foremost say uh, my views and my... uh, (laughs) My opinions do not in any way, shape, or form reflect Cruise Tips TV. I'm very, very uh, uh, disappointed that you listened to that show and found something that you may find something inappropriate that I may be mentioned in, you know, on the Cruise Tips TV thing or whatever. A hundred percent. I'm saying that kind of jokingly. And again, Barbara, you have to keep in mind, I don't cruise like the others and I'm not like the other cruise podcasters. I will say at the top of the show, don't do everything I tell you to do. A lot of it is for entertainment because I want to tell you what I do because I love cruising and I love cruising the way I cruise. And sometimes it gets me in trouble. Sometimes it's not recommended by the powers that be. But again, I'm focusing on telling you that it's what I do. It's not necessarily what you should do or how you should cruise. If you have a family, if you are a little bit more conservative than me as far as, you know, playing by the rules, again, you should be probably. I'm a little off the cuff. I don't always do it the right way. And yes, I do not. Let me be clear. I do not recommend that you skip the mustard drill. All I was saying that is I have done it and there is ways to do it. Uh, And if you get kicked off the ship for skipping the mustard drill, that's on you, okay? I did not recommend to do it, but I do appreciate you listening, Barbara, and I do really, really appreciate your email, and and I do apologize if I offended you at all by telling, you know, saying on a different show that I did skip the mustard drill at one point. But again, you're gonna hear that, 
and you're going to hear a lot more and things that are more offensive than skipping a mustard drill. And just think about the stuff that I don't share with you that I do on cruises sometimes that I, I just probably shouldn't. But uh, again, it's just, again, Barbara, when you listen to the show, understand a lot of it. It's true. But take it more as entertainment and take certain things as usefulness and guides and uh, take certain things as entertainment and say, wow, what a whack job. But always, no matter what, make your own decisions and do your own due diligence and do your own research. And, and you know, and, and just, you know, we're all adults here. So that's all it is. All right. Moving on. Tommy, I would like to start by saying that I'm loving your podcast. All caps. Please keep the podcasts coming. I listen on my commute to and from work, which is 45 to 60 minutes. Ooh, I better extend these a little bit for you then, huh? Uh, I started listening to your podcast a few weeks ago, recommended by Cruise Tips TV. Sherry, man, look at that. Awesome. Thank you so much. And being hooked ever since. Uh, I heard one episode where you talked about the Grand Celebration Cruise Line. Oh, my Lord, I got to share my experience with you. My husband and I sailed on that ship August 4th to 5th, 2015. This was my first cruise. That was six cruises ago. I mean, that's... Thank God it was your first cruise. If that was like your sixth cruise, you you would have you would have been even more horrified. Uh, we decided to take a mini vacation to Fort Lauderdale and took the cruise that my mother-in-law got for us as a gift. Uh, thanks, thanks, mom. <laughs> it was a heck of a surprise. The air on the ship went out before. Oh my goodness. The air on the ship went out before we left port, Port of Palm Beach. The air system had some malfunctions. Uh, the captain got on the PA and told us everything should be fixed shortly. Seven hours later, the air worked for a few minutes and went completely out. We sailed to and from Freeport airless. I'm glad to hear that you enjoy this cruise as a quick getaway. With everything, I'm sure now working properly. I'm not trying to bash the cruise line in any way. My husband and I heard your podcast. I told him I wanted to email you about our experience. We still have the free cruise that was offered to us, but... I will pass. My husband keeps asking, when can we take it? Really? I have linked the video below, and we laugh about it now. We know that when we decide to get on these ships, anything could happen. It's the risk that we take. It's life. My apologies for such a long email, but I wanted to share our experience with you. Thanks, Mrs. WW. Mrs. WW, <laughs> I saw your video, and uh, at first I read your email. And I was like, ah, you know, the air went out a little bit. You know, you got to deal with some stuff. I saw your video that looked like hell. It looked awful, and I am so, so sorry that you experienced that. Again, this is what you're dealing with. I had a very, very experience, bad experience with them. I was planning – This is I didn't tell you about this yet, guys. I was planning on going on that cruise line a few weeks ago. And uh, I called them up, and I said they, – they said the only thing they had left was if I stayed two nights in Fort Lauderdale. So I paid for the hotel, thinking, all right, as long as I paid for the hotel, I'm good. No, they didn't tell you on the phone you had to do another timeshare tour at the hotel in Fort Lauderdale. So I got into a screaming match with them, and I forfeited the cruise. I couldn't go. Like I told you, I went on this cruise once, and the actual experience that I had was not bad with some, I guess, uh, minded expectations. I, I, I monitored my expectations and understood that, you know what, this is what it is. You can't expect it. But, you know, when air goes out, when they start stipulating things that they don't tell you about, that's very, very annoying. And, yeah, I think my Bahama Paradise cruise days are over. We had, did not have a pleasant exchange. And uh, I'm not going to recommend this cruise line. Again, I told you, enjoyed it when I went. I'm not going to lie. I did enjoy it because I figured I was going on some broke-ass cruise ship. I went on the Discovery Cruise Lines way, way back in the day when they had that. And it was really just a ferry to and from Freeport. This was way better than that. But still, 
if you're going to go on this cruise cruise line, it's the Bahama Paradise Cruise Lines out of the Port of Palm Beach. I would tell you either just know that you're just going to be shutting down and not working and you're going to be in paradise for a little while, but don't expect much from the cruise ship. And that's all I will. But thank you so much for the email, uh, Miss WW. I really, really am sorry that you experienced that. If your husband is listening, sir, don't do it. (laughs) Don't do it. If she's hesitant about it, and based on what I saw in that video, uh, you don't want to mess around with that. I mean, if you have any, if you really, really just have the overall positive vibe and you don't care, you just know you're getting away for a while and you're you're willing to expect whatever comes your way, do it. But if you had a bad experience already and you're in any way, shape, or form expecting anything resembling a cruise on the big three, I would say, you know what, maybe, maybe skip it. Maybe just hang out in Fort Lauderdale a couple of days, whatever it is. Enjoy that. But yeah, the Bahama Paradise Cruise Line might not be for you. Again, sorry for the layoff, ladies and gentlemen. I know we were a little bit late with this podcast. I appreciate you guys listening. I appreciate the emails. And thank you so much for being a part of the Always Be Booked Cruise Podcast. We will talk to you next time. There's a place where the boat leaves from. It takes away all your big problems. You could worries, you could drop them in the blue ocean. But you got to get away to where the boat leaves from. Take one part sand one part sea. And one part set of a nine-on tree And the drinks set cold and the reggae is hot And I know this is the place for me Get away to where the boat leaves from It takes away all of your big problems You can worry, you can drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from. Jimmy Perfectly good.